Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome in to Vikings Line, part of the Purple Daily umbrella of podcasts. You can find us live like we are right now on youtube.com slash Podcast. You can also find us on demand in audio form, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. I'm Phil Mackey. Judd Zolgat is at U.S. Bank Stadium. Declan Goff is taking uh, your emails. If you want to join the show, vikingsventline at gmail.com. We'll bring fans into the show. But a quick shout out to our Ventline sponsor all season long and some celebratory Corona hard seltzer, spike sparkling water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Declan, what flavor of celebratory uh, seltzer are we drinking today? Oh, we're drinking the uh, Tropical Lime, Phil. It's Tropical Lime. I told Judd I was in a no-lose situation. Yes, I wanted Teddy to complete the comeback. But you know what? It's okay, because Corona Hard Seltzer powers all these takes, whether they're wrong or right by me. So, thank you to Corona Hard Seltzer for powering these takes. Uh, Declan's still rooting for the Vikings to tank, even though that ship has sailed. Uh, we'll bring your comments into the video as well. So if you're commenting on Score North Facebook or on Purple Daily YouTube, we can pull those in as Adnan is shocked that Kirk Cousins and company made a game-winning drive. Um, Judd, real quick, before we start bringing some of the listeners in, of course, this was a great day for me to tweet a bunch of Kirk Cousins' terrible inside four minutes to go in the game stats. Uh, old Tweets Exposed is probably going to have a field day with that, but uh, Kirk Cousins with his second fourth quarter comeback victory as a Viking since signing here three years ago. You inspired him, Phil. I mean, take credit here. He I saw mean, he woke up today. He saw those tweets and he thought, you know what? I have no idea who this clown is, but I'm going to show him. <laughs> um, no, I mean, th- this was where do you start? Like, this is one of the worst football games I've watched that was actually in some sort of sick, twisted way entertaining. Um, because there were so many twists and turns and different things and questionable uh, decisions on both sides from a coaching staff standpoint. And uh, Teddy's return, which got off to an absolutely brutal start. Um, Dalvin Cook, again, fumbles and gets hurt, but he's not really hurt. He comes back. But, yeah, I mean, Kirk, you know what? No matter what the circumstances, uh, after the conversations that we've had about the Titans game, Seattle game, and then last week against Dallas when we just said lead a game-winning late drive Kirk with I believe 151 on the clock got the ball back zero timeouts because the the Vikings had used all of their timeouts and led 
a drive that we had requested now for basically months. So yeah. in that vein, good on Kirk. And I just I just think we should take this moment to address the Kirk Cousins naysayers out there. You guys all doubted him. We've been on the Kirk bandwagon the, the entire time here on Purple Daily. Never a doubt on Kirk Cousins. In fact, I think I think there's some time on on Victory Monday and Tuesday. I think I'm thinking maybe a little bit of a three year extension tacked on. Uh, all you Kirk Cousins doubters out there, eat it. That's right. You like you know how what that you're taste, missing, as Mike Zimmer said last week. You you are are missing the key fact that that is that the third guy on this show, Declan Goff, I believe, said, uh, "Stop trying to make Chad Beebe happen." Like two weeks ago. Declan, what more do you want? A fumble on a punt, and then he comes back and makes a couple of key catches, including his first uh, career, I believe, National Football League touchdown catch. You know, Declan Goff, you owe a a lot of an apology here to a guy who was a standout and made a key catch. You know what I say? Keep Chad Beebe happening because this kid's spectacular. Who needs Thielen when you got Agreed. Chad Beebe? Agreed, oh Declan. God. You're the, you're the you De- Declan's the one that needs to apologize on the show. So oh yeah, well, it took him what like four years to finally get that first touchdown and really cost the game on the punt. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> won the game for doing your job once. Congratulations, buddy. Listen, like go. like so so a nice little bookend. You know, at, at the start of the game in terms of punt returns. So Beebe like forgets that he can call for a fair catch on that first punt return. Like, all he would have had to have done is throw his arm up in the air. Instead, defender, and it wound up being a penalty, but the defender trucks him. I don't know how he hung on to that. And so what I was going to say is, at the very least, at the end of the game, at least he figured out the fair catch thing, all right? So you can't ask a guy to do too many things in one afternoon. And then he comes back and he scores the game winning touchdown. So, so the Vikings, as we sit here and we'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll shut up here in a second and uh, we'll bring some guests into the show. If you want to join email Vikings at gmail.com. This is the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. It's part of the score North network of, uh, of content. You can also find Mackie and Judd in podcast form and our two YouTube channels, youtube.com slash purple daily podcast and youtube.com slash score North MN. The Cardinals also lost in last-second fashion today to the Patriots. And so if you're scoreboard watching, the Vikings have to watch. They have to climb over Chicago just to get into the conversation. But they're only a game back of the Cardinals, who now fall to 6-5 and five for that last wild-card spot. So, and what is that? What, what does that say about the National Football League in 2020? After the game that we just watched, what does that say? That a team – I mean, this, this game w- was only fun to watch because it was so sick, like ill, like should have been put to sleep game. Um, yeah, this speaks volumes about the, the lack of uh, the lack of good teams when a team like the Vikings can still be competing for a playoff spot after what we just saw, which is I've got a notebook full basically of what were you thinking? What were you doing? What's going on here? And you, to Phil's point, are still in a Playoff chase, it's incredible. So we'll, and we'll and we'll get to some. of There's so many things to talk about off this game, but the Vikings win. Dex, let's uh, let's start bringing some guests into the show here. Who do we got? Sure, Jay. What's uh, Jay, Jay's hard at work right now, but uh, he's calling into Vikings vent line from some factory. Jay, what's going on, dude? Hey, can you guys hear me all right? Yes, we can. Yeah, what's up, Jay? I, I can't hear you because I've been screwing with my audio, but uh, I think you got it now. Um, uh, damn, I'm darn. Um, I've been watching the game. I had the phone to the side of me all day at work, and man, I feel like they game planned for that uh, two-minute comeback. I think they've seen that as something they've been terrible at, and 
they're like, you know what? We're going to be in this situation again. This is what we're going to do. And it looked great. Kirk Cousins looked great on that final drive. That's probably – oh, by the way, Jay, thanks for thanks for thinking of us while you're hard at work here. you got the hard hat on. You've got the <laughs> lunch pail rocking. Jay does it's real work. Quitting time. <laughs> it's quitting time. It's quitting time. So, yeah. Right now, well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, it was it was definitely Kirk Cousins. I mean, there's not that many like two minute drives to choose from in his Vikings career. You know, there's been a few, and I've got the stats here. I'll throw them out there just so we can we can have a field day with these. But um, there's been a few where he's taken the lead or led the offense at some point in the fourth quarter. The Dallas game a couple times, and then the defense you know gives up a late score. The Russell Russell Wilson goes 95 yards or something. But these are the stats that I tweeted out two hours before the game, according to stathead.com. And and uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I spent my entire Thanksgiving weekend just fighting with people on Twitter about Kirk Cousins. And 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 for me, anyways, and I, I think Judd agrees on this, it's been frustrating that he is so incapable when you strip away the Dalvin Cook crutch and you strip, strip away some of the great play calling by Gary Kubiak early in games, when it's pass only and it's late and other teams know what the Vikings are going to do. The best quarterbacks who get paid the most rise above adversity and they carry their team down the field more often than Kirk does, which is basically never. And and the point I was trying to prove statistically, I found this on stathead.com when the Vikings coming into this game, when the Vikings are behind by one score or tied. So when they have a chance to win inside of four minutes, fourth quarter overtime, Kirk's passer rating is 53.5, which is 43rd in the NFL since he signed with the Vikings. Um, and the only guys below him are like, like Sam Darnold is like a 17.9. Uh, Teddy's actually below him. There's a handful of guys below him. So he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, four minutes and under, one score down or tied, chance to sway the game the other way. This was the exact scenario today. The exact scenario that I and we have been calling for Kirk to step up. And he did, and he deserves major props for doing it. Let's not go completely overboard. This team still has a ton of work to do. Um, and there's a bunch of people in the comment section on YouTube saying like, all right, let's, I mean, they're still below 500. But for today, this was the main criticism that I had for Kirk Cousins. And he shut me up for today. And he deserves a round of applause for pulling out his second come from behind win in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he did a nice job. Mm-hmm. I, yes. Um, and it, so you're right, Phil, in what you're saying, but the comments are right, too, because of the fact that we did see a lot of things today that need to be cleaned up and or fixed and or I don't I've got questions if they can be fixed. I mean, this defense at times looks absolutely atrocious right now. It, it's back to looking. They can't tackle at times. Um, why Chris Jones is continuing to play is beyond me. Like, I don't, I can't come up with a plausible explanation. He today on, on the uh, first Carolina touchdown, Chris Jones turned around and ran with his guy, n- never looked back upfield to r- realize the pass had gone short and was actively resulting in a 41 yard touchdown as Chris Jones chased his guy into the end zone and actually <laughs> greeted the guy that scored. It, it was very weird. Well, Judd, so, in, fa- in fairness, the crowd noise made it tough to sort of. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, and uh, that and the, the the fact the fact that Flip got fired as OC in that was 2018, correct? Mm-hmm. And Marwin Maloof is still employed. It, I just don't understand. Like this special teams, to me, Vikings wise, I think is historically bad. 
Like, when's the last time that you guys recall special teams this consistently? And I mean, we're, we're not talking about the kicker. We're talking about the fundamentals of special teams. I mean, Chris Boyd is a, it's unbelievable, guys. He is a penalty machine on special teams. I don't get that. I don't get that. There are a lot of things here. So um, you're right. Kirk deserves credit. It was a nice job. He, he didn't have uh, timeouts to work with. That being said, the people who are commenting too saying, hold on, cowboy, slow down. They're right as well, because uh, there were a lot of things today that I thought to myself, uh, some of this is just coaching. Like it's just being disciplined. It's just I mean, fundamentals. And, I, and, I, and I'm not like call for coordinators heads guy very much, but if you're Marwin Maloof and, and all these things keep happening to you yeah. now, they did block it. They blocked a kick today, yeah. which was good, but all these things keep happening. And some of them are detail oriented. Some of them are penalties. Some of them are just big things like, you know, meltdowns that lead to two block punts in one game. I just don't know how you justify still having a job after the 2020 season. Just, I, I don't know what, like, what, how do you explain away all the things coming into today? The Vikings had 13 punt return yards on the season. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Are you serious? And I get that some of that's maybe it's personnel and they don't have the right guys back there and whatnot, uh, but I mean, I, come on. I man. saw tweets bring back Marcus Sherrill's. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Marcus yeah. Sherrill's now looks Is like a, a roster? Pro, pro Bowl. No. Bring him back. I mean, he can return punts. Yeah, it is. But, um, yes, Kirk, back to Kirk. Kirk did a great job. That was a nice drive. Kirk had, and I also am impressed, too, because Kirk had the um, flustered Kirk plays behind him, and ordinarily those seemed to impact him going forward in in a game, and uh, he seemed to shake those off as well. So, I mean, Kirk, the fumble by Kirk was bad, man. That That's the old Kirk, you know, I've told him before, stop, drop, and roll, baby. Stop, drop, and roll. Protect that ball. And he literally dropped that ball and was like, I guess I dropped it. Yeah. But uh, so for him to rebound from a play like that and come back then and lead that drive, he does get credit for that. And you just nailed the key is that no one's asking for him to be perfect all the time. And I'm not even asking for the rest of the team to be perfect. I feel like there's this divide where – you know, it's it's sort of is it Kirk's fault when things go wrong or is it the offensive line's fault? And and the reality is in any football game or season, almost any game, but for sure over the course of a football season, yeah. even the Super Bowl champion teams are going to have flaws on their roster. They're going to have a leaky defense in certain areas or they're going to have injuries or an offensive line that's not great in certain areas. Uh, and and the quarterback has to overcome a lot of those things because the quarterback is the is the one that has the most influence on the game. And so. Yeah, like, is it annoying when Kirk has that fumble that leads to a touchdown? And like, should you should you hold on to that ball? Okay, not every time, but but what I ask is that it's okay for there to be things that are imperfect. It's okay for the offensive line to to be leaky sometimes, and for the defense to not be perfect this season or be bottom fifteen. All those things are going to happen. Can your highly paid quarterback rise above some of those things? And and lead you down to a victory that maybe you weren't supposed to have, and this was like this today. The Vikings were not supposed to win that game. The Vikings, you know, back to back defensive touchdowns. Uh, Chad Beebe muffs the punt, and and Carolina, Carolina also like they they probably saved the Vikings fifty to sixty seconds with incomplete passes in their last two yeah. drives, which is weird. Yeah, that was but bad. but Kirk, regardless of what happened in the first two hours and fifty minutes of real time, yep, block it all out. You got a minute 50, go down the field, make something happen. And by golly, he did that today. 
It's what we it's what we have been spending at least a year saying, do this. And he did it. I give him credit. I give the man credit. Dex, let's get to our next guest here. Who else we got on Vikings Vent Line? Most interactive show in Minnesota sports. Yeah, let's go to uh, Anthony. Anthony, what's up, buddy? You're on Vikings Vent Line. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, what's up, Anthony? Okay, so I spent most of the time for most of that game yelling at my TV, talking about how we had worthless wins against the Packers, the Bears, and them. So I was just like, after that, like the one and five start was how the team was. It wasn't a fluke or anything. Because I was resigned to going three and thirteen and just beating the Lions twice because they are just that bad. But after, I have no idea what to think. Like <laughs> Kirk did his job at the end. The defense was still really bad. Like right after we scored that touchdown, my dad called me and he immediately brought up the game against the Lions like three years ago, <laughs> where we scored with like fifteen seconds left, but then immediately Matt Stafford. Took him down. Prater hit a 56-yarder, and the oh, Lions yeah. beat us in overtime. That was so I was just thinking, it's like, yeah, that could happen too. Because, like, <laughs> but like, the defensive line is really bad. Like, they can't. Like, Carolina does not have that great of an O line, and they couldn't get near Teddy the whole game. So, yeah, Anthony, great stuff, dude. Great energy. Appreciate definitely. you coming on. And to that point, this is this is you know part of the reason why I haven't been as critical about the Vikings defense this year is because I look ahead at next year and see pieces coming back that are going to make this thing better. And so like if, if DJ Wanham has a bad game, it doesn't matter because he's not going to start next year. I mean, he might, if they make trades, Um, the the interior, the interior of the defensive line is not good, but Pierce should help that a lot. But I mean, you are not going to, you, you do not have tackles inside Phil who are going to consistently be able to or competent enough to stop the run game. You just don't like, they're not going to fail every single time, but they're going to, to get gashed. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's not good, but I, I think if, I think if Pierce and he should come back in 2021, that's going to be an upgrade there. Um, but look, I, I think the most important thing defensively that we can talk about is do your ends improve and do your corners. Which is why there were plays, there were series today that I was confused by. Why are Chris Boyd and Chris Jones playing and Dantzler's not playing? I want Dantzler play. I don't care if he screws up beyond belief. I want him playing all the time. Like, don't get, like, what's the matchup where, and I know Zim is a defensive guru, right? But like, explain to me, what's the matchup where you think, you know what it is, Phil Mackey? It's Chris Jones time. I mean, time. No, it's never Chris Jones time. Here's what I love and appreciate now. about I was I was out on Chris Jones after (laughs) after he decided not to step up and make a tackle on that Pollard run against Dallas. I'm back in on Chris Jones for the unwarranted level of cockiness today. There was a couple plays. One was an incomplete pass in the end zone. And, you know, it's like these are two sub 500 teams like you just you just blew this 42 yard run last week but nope i'm going to trash talk every single chance i get cuz i am chris m effing jones baby that's right who do we got next declan let's go to uh let's go to dylan Here we dylan go. you're on like event line hey how's it going guys what's hey, up dylan we all right we got yes, you sir. we got you all right i got a couple things to say real quick first i got to the in-laws got me the Jefferson jersey here. So. There you go. There it is. Yeah, I'm happy about Buy that. that. Stock. Buy that stock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's two things I noticed here. 
first, I got to give props to Kirk Cousins because I came on the show last week and said it looked like, you know, he took a dump in his shorts, but he ran pretty well today. Everything came together. I have to give him full props. Uh, next, I have to say, I think Xavier Rhodes hit up Dalvin Cook on saying like, hey, if you ain't feeling it, dude, just just fake an injury real quick and then you can come back into the game. You'll be fine. So <laughs> he did that. And then next, oh, gosh, man. I mean, you just, I don't know. It's just. Actually, I want, I, I, I want to go on to your second point there. Is it possible Dalvin Cook spent too much time hanging out with Xavier Rhodes the last couple of years? That's what you were saying. They, yeah. I mean, exactly. so, this is, this is three consecutive games in, in which Cook has, has either flat out lost the ball or he, or he has looked like it was a possible loss of the ball and three consecutive games in which he stayed down. It I mean, is. I mean, You're there were exactly people. Right. Well, you, you were there. They didn't really show like the 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 when the when Fox came back from commercial break. They didn't need, like they just ignored the Dalvin Cook injury angle for like three minutes. But but I saw people from the stadium tweeting things like he's not putting any pressure on his right leg. And then they showed him like five minutes later, like running Doing up and down drills. the sideline. Like what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey. I'll take it, man. Hey. I'll take it. Just keep the motivation going. I'm happy. So let's roll. Let's roll. Right on. All right, Dylan. Thanks Love for jumping show. on, man. Thanks, Dylan. Appreciate you watching. He's right Appreciate about you that, listening. Though. Come on, Cookie. I mean, come on. I mean, if you fumble, <laughs> you fumble, but you're not hurt every single time that you fumble. Yeah, and you know, it's, a, it's a, just like P.J. Yeah. Fleck told his team a couple weeks ago. Everybody poops. Everybody fumbles right. sometimes. It's okay. You're going you're gonna to fumble once in a while. You don't, don't want to fumble too often. Kirk just stood there. Kirk yeah, dropped Kirk the ball, was... and he's like, hey, I dropped the football. Kirk was magical, just like we all knew he's always been, especially this next guy. Chancey has been on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon longer than anyone on this show. And uh, Chancey, this is this is your platform to publicly apologize to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so go ahead. Oh, no, we can't. I'll we can't hear you, mute, buddy. You're on mute. Hold on. Uh, Chan- there you Chancey. go. There we go. Oh, he had it and then it went away. You almost got it. This is great. There you go. <laughs> nope, it's still muted. There we go. All right, there we go. Well, it's hard to get the reception and all the uh, technical functions working up northern Minnesota up here for Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, I'm up in the uh, tractor on the Holberson family farm here, sitting in the Case 1200. But did get a chance to watch the end of the game on the phone. Props to Kirk. Yeah, I'm still not sold that he's uh, going to bring us to the promised land. But can we take this opportunity to bury or end an old Vikings? kind of talking point story that's been going for years. And I'll say, you guys probably don't want to throw dirt on an old co-worker, but uh, if there was ever a time for Mr. Matthew Call or Mr. Uh, I send Teddy Bridgewater love notes on Valentine's Day and he was the greatest guy and if only Teddy wouldn't have got hurt. That guy we all complain about every week, Kirk Cousins just beat that guy, Teddy Bridgewater. Let's not pretend anymore that he was ever the savior that if it was only for not that ankle injury, this team would be different. That He's an average quarterback. I wouldn't even trade Kirk for him. I mean, it, it, Teddy Bridgewater, he, he ain't taking anybody anywhere. And when we used to talk about that all the time, and then, you know, oh, if only he wouldn't have got hurt. Forget it. He was always overrated. Today proved it. You see that throw in the end zone he missed at the end of the game? Wide open on the slant. Nobody near the guy within three, four yards. Come on. He if actually, that was the I, and he would get eviscerated. it was bad. He missed two wide open touchdown passes because he missed another one to DJ Moore on a play yeah. action drag across the, from the right side. And, uh, and on this show, 
Declan Goff has been Teddy Bridgewater supporter number yeah. one, two, and three. And I, mm. I got to agree with Chancey today anyways. Teddy Bridgewater was terrible. I don't know if he was right, terrible. I wouldn't call him terrible. I mean, he did. He found the guy. If, he found the guy who set him up in field goal range. If if he pulls that off, that doubles down on the Teddy ticks. That absolutely doubles down. Ben Kirk wasn't able to make the comeback. Teddy was able to do it again. Did the things he was supposed to do. I admit he didn't play a, a great game today, but he almost pulled it off, and it would have been delicious if it happened. <laughs> hey, last Not thing, somebody needs to fire the janitor that peeled the uh, post-it note off Rick Spielman's desk with Marcus Sherrill's phone number on it and accidentally tossed it in the trash and uh, tell him to bring it back or enter the phone number back in. How how can we not have a guy that can catch a punt on the team? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's a tough, it's listen, it, that's a tough job, Chancy. That's a tough job. That's a like, tough job. Like, Sherrill's yeah. made Happy his team year. See you, Chancy. Right, we're losing Chancy. Hey. Later. Cheryl's made this team year after year after year because he could do one thing, reliably catch punts and return them. Mm-hmm. That's why. So, I, I mean, I, I will say that. I think that's one of the most underrated jobs because it's like, well, of course you can catch a punt. Who can't, right? It's actually fairly tough, number one. And number two, if you screw it up, you are in deep trouble. So, Mark, if so, for all, all of those who spent year after year saying, Marcus Cheryl's on the 53 again? That's why. Well, I mean, it's Bobby Wade fair caught like 75,000 consecutive <laughs> punts. Do you know why? Because he knew he couldn't return them because he'd probably fumble if he tried. All right. I, and I, I just want to verify this stat, this 13 yards. I'm so curious. All right. Because that was the number that they threw it on the broadcast. I bet it's true. All right. So special kicking and punting. Yep. Here we go. Kick and punt returns by team. Okay. Punt Mm -hmm. return yardage by team Mm -hmm. coming into this game. The Dolphins, 300 punt return yards. Oh my God. It's true. 13. The Vikings came in. The Vikings came into today with 13 punt return yards on the season. Do you know why? Because you don't want the guy to try and return a punt and fumble it. You prefer this. BB. Hey, I got it. I got it. And then, of course, you catch the ball and don't muff it like BB did. So, or close your eyes. Hey, BB, yeah. BB caught the winning touchdown pass. Declan back off and Bridgewater. Here's the thing that I will say about Teddy is this: the talk in this town is if he didn't get hurt, because there is. I'm sorry, but there is no way, guys, that your leg can blow up and you come back the same. But doesn't he? But he's he's mobile. So I've always been a Teddy supporter, and I would say, you know, we can have this discussion for another day, but, like, if you're going to give me Teddy for half the price of Kirk and yeah. I get to fill my roster out, like, I'll have that debate. If it's just straight up who's the better quarterback, I don't know that I would say Teddy Bridgewater right now is the better quarterback. But I, also, not- I, don't, I don't know that I would say that he's not – like, he's, he's health. Like, he's mobile enough. He's running around for first downs. I, it doesn't look like he's hesitating on throws. It doesn't look like the knee injury is a thing in his mind anymore. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I, I'd be curious if that hadn't happened because it was such a fluke and so bad. That's the guy that I'd be curious to see here. Not the, well, he's back. I, I do think this. I think the Vikings made the right call in moving on from him because their, um, their doctors being concerned, I think was exactly right. Mm-hmm. And he's fine. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. fine, but he is. De- but in in my mind, he is not the guy that the Vikings drafted and thought that, that they were going to develop. I think that guy was an improvement on this guy who's done a great job in trying to come back. 
but I, I'm willing to bet that he won't be the same as far as what he brought to the team before he got hurt. She's my guest. Right. Dex, who else we got? Let's go to uh, Island Life. We'll go to Paul in Honolulu. Paul, what's up, buddy? Nice. Hey, Aloha. Thanks for having me on. Uh, up, I, guess, I guess the Vikings won, but I don't think many people like how it tasted. Uh, <laughs> that was good. We'll Mike, see. Actually, you know, this would be a great week for Mike Zimmer to get the line right because I think you, I think you could deliver it if you gave if you gave the actual line. You like that? I think you could get the locker room roar today. So we'll we'll keep an eye on see if okay. see if he delivered it right today. Right, right. So I'm curious, you know, how we you know would rate uh, Zimmer's performance as head coach this year. It seems like you know he's supposed to be this defensive guru. The defense isn't very good. Um, the special teams has been atrocious. He hasn't fixed that yet. You know, we're more than halfway through the season. Kind of lay off the offense. I think the offense has been the bright spot of the team uh, overall. But uh, any thoughts over? Dudley? I, I, the defense is not good, but it's not surprising. I, I guess I would go, go back to, to the actual decisions made in the spring and summer about who not to bring in. Like I, I still, I will always go, go back to. I don't, I don't get why they didn't go sign um, a reasonably priced veteran cornerback. I just don't get that. Like you're dealing now with Chris Jones, Chris Boyd, Gladney, who, who I think is going to be good eventually, but he's not there yet. Dantzler, again, same thing. So I, I guess it's more from the administrative standpoint of what they didn't do. Uh, because look, you know, Pierce opted out. That's beyond your control. Hunter got hurt. That is also beyond your control, but in the secondary there, if Mike had brought in one guy who sort of knew what Mike wanted to stabilize things, I think it definitely helps out. So I'm, I'm as confused as by what they didn't do um, personnel wise as what they're doing now, just as far as, cause I don't, I don't, I w- would not expect a veteran corner to make them perfect, but I would expect that it would be an upgrade there and would stabilize things, and they don't have that. I mean, when things start to go wrong and it's Chris Boyd, Chris Jones, and Gladney, that's a problem because who, who's going to stop that bleeding? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paul, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate your, your question and your takes. Enjoy Hawaii. Yeah, no kidding. I'm sure it's real nice there. It's been very nice here the last couple of days. Too. Yeah, yesterday was gorgeous. gorgeous yesterday. Like 50 That's degrees yesterday. Today, very windy. Very mm-hmm. windy. So yesterday mm-hmm. would have been patio weather yesterday. but Oh, I would have. Here so, we are. Um, all right, who else we got here? Vikings Vent Line on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. Let's go to uh, Zach. Zach, what's up, buddy? Hey, Zach. Guys, what's up? Hey, we're almost right. 500. <laughs> Again, and the, and the and the Jaguars coming up next week with yeah. Who's there? Is it Mike Glennon? Is he their starting quarterback right now? Started today. You scheduled start today. I I actually am not as like upset with the defense as everyone's like. Oh, our defense. Uh, Fourteen points today was on the offense. The the offense gave up more points than our defense did. You know, with the fumbles and the miscues. For some reason, it seems like the offense comes out to start the game with tempo and they kind of have the scripted plays and they look good and then there's this whole middle part of the game where they just look discombobulated they can't line up you know they're jumping on their full start and then like when you have to go tempo again at the end of the game you know it's like then Kirk can kind of work his magic a little bit Listen yeah. to that isn't that music to everyone's ears Kirk working his magic he's right and <laughs> spinning the football 
just just laser beams over the middle to Kyle Rudolph, chunking <laughs> yards at the end of that game today. I mean, I can't. I, all you people that doubted him, I'm telling you, you guys need to check your football IQ. <laughs> I, I'm still a huge Kirk doubter. Uh, I want us to draft a quarterback here in the draft. So anybody who like eats this up is like, oh, Kirk Cousins second fourth quarter comeback. Like that's that's fool's gold, guys. Like we so Zach, so Zach, down. what you're what you're doing is you're picking up the phone right now to Kyle Shanahan and saying, hey, let, let's just I know the trade deadline passed, but yes. in about a yeah. month from right now, why don't you why don't you take a look at some of this film here the last couple of weeks? Go look at the fourth He's quarter, early fourth quarter, Dallas. Yeah. He's crying. I, I would, He's like, I I would absolutely be on the phone with him. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, look, if we had re-signed Bridgewater or Keenum, and here we are into like the third year, and it was like an eight and eight season, a one playoff, and now we're halfway through a losing season, we'd be eating them up. Like, why did you re-sign Keenum and Bridgewater? But like for Kirk Cousins, we're like, oh, he gets a pass. Like, no, like we were in our Super Bowl window. Kirk was signed to win us a Super Bowl. If it doesn't happen in these three years, like it's a failure. That's it is what it is. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Zach, thanks for your takes, man. Appreciate it. We'll see you next week after uh, the Vikings pull to 500. And don't forget, too, it was supposed to happen in 18. Like he didn't, there, there was no um, long term plan here. It went from Case to Kirk, and Kirk was going to be the final piece of a Super Bowl puzzle. So, like, this was, this was not a man, they're going to sign Kirk in 18. And then can you imagine 2020? <laughs> like this was an immediate bang for your buck improvement that was supposed to work and it didn't. But again, I don't blame them because they took a swing. And if teams in, in this town don't take swings, we turn on them too. The problem is you took the swing and it's not, it's not going to work with where it was supposed to work. Yeah. I will say, all right, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. So the Vikings are probably going to beat the Jaguars. They're going to be six and six. The Cardinals right now are six and five. I don't know who they play next week, but I know that they play the Rams. I think they might play the Rams. So they play the Rams twice the rest of the season. And the Rams are really, really good. So the Vikings can get to the playoffs still, even though they lost to Dallas. It makes it like you you probably have to beat either the Saints or Tampa and both Chicago and Detroit to get there. If so, Kirk, Kirk Cousins coming into the playoffs last year, had all these things lingering over him that he wasn't able to do, right? Win a playoff game, lead the Vikings back from late in the game, you know, down late in the game, uh, win in prime time, win it, win at Chicago. And he's he's been checking more of these boxes as the weeks go by. He's certainly not Pat Mahomes, but he's been checking more of these boxes, okay? Uh-huh. If he's all of a sudden figuring out how to be more competent late in these games, fourth quarter, to go along with how great the Vikings offense has been when it's scripted and playing off Dalvin and play action uh, you know, earlier in the games. If, if he's going to add even – I'm not saying he's going to add like a Pat Mahomes late game element, but if he's going to add even a fraction of a late game element to his game, this team becomes more interesting. You know, my, my, my entire hypothesis about Kirk Cousins is if he's going to make that much of the salary cap, and he can't carry you in some of these situations, you're screwed. But if he can carry you in some of these situations, it becomes a more interesting conversation. I'll just throw that out there. I'll just throw yeah. it out The problem is this. The problem is, and it's not. it does not all uh, lie on Kirk's shoulders, the problem is to go back to last week. You never know when this team, and th- this is true across this entire league, so it's not just a Vikings thing, Phil. You never know when this team is going to have a Cowboys game again, which it could 
against the Jags. Like, that's the weird thing here. I mean, you gave up offensively 14 points today, and you won. You have no business, right? So the problem that I see from the entire squad, not just Kirk Cousins, is it becomes, after a game like this, very simple to talk about, okay, if they do this, and now they do that, and then they do this, and they can be playing, and then they'll have a complete stinker. Um, here's another thing to think about, too. I'm just going to throw this out there for that last drive, and I'd like you to think. I mean, I think the reaction to what I'm about to say is going to be, what are you talking about, Judd? You've gone crazy. Were you smoking weed t- during today's game? And the answer is no. I'm at the stadium. Um, well, but I will, I'm going to throw this out there. Who did Kirk Cousins not have in operating in that last drive today? Uh, Adam was, Thielen. Yes. Adam Thielen. I think it's important that he didn't. You know why? Because he has to think for himself and not look for. I'm telling you, Adam and Kirk are the Edina High School tandem, baby. And they that they go they go to prom together <laughs> with their dates, of course. Homecoming, they are, and Kirk always looks for 19. And everybody, for the most part, knows because Cook is gone. Cook was gone again today, right? Dalvin Cook is out. So the question is, who's Kirk going to throw to? And everybody, everybody and their mom knows. 19, but he wasn't there. And what happens? Distribution becomes a little bit more of a threat. And now you're not as sure. And I will go back to what we've talked about a thousand times. When it comes to talent, Kirk has talent. It's more of his mind. Um, So if Kirk has to distribute the ball to different players, he is capable, but it's in Kirk's mind. If Thielen's out there, I got to throw to Thielen. But when everybody knows that, it's a problem. Yeah, and that's the uh, we we've seen that before. Like when Megatron retired and Matt Stafford had to spread the ball around, there was a noticeable jump in Matt Stafford's statistics. I think for a year or two. In fact, I think he threw for like five thousand yards without Megatron. If I'm if I'm remembering right, and mm-hmm. this happens this happens in other cases too in other sports. But when it, but when it comes to the Vikings, I don't I don't think it's. I don't think we should say that Kirk Cousins is better in those situations without Thielen. I think we should say what you're saying. Yeah, is that Kirk Cousins is 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 not able to lock into a safety blanket Absolutely. when he's covered in those situations? And today, I yeah, I don't have the drive chart in front of me, but I know that Kyle Rudolph caught a couple passes. Chad Beebe caught the game winning pass. It was uh it was spread all over. BC so BC Johnson, Justin Jefferson, Kyle Rudolph, and Chad Beebe all yeah. had seven catches for between sixty three and seventy four yards today. Yeah. Now Justin Jefferson was targeted twice as often as other receivers, which I like to see, mm-hmm. and uh, and and he didn't come down with a couple of those. But it's a it is an interesting dynamic, and 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 Kirk, yeah, it's going to be on him when Thielen's back to make sure in those situations that you're still looking around at all your options and not locking into one guy if he's covered. So, Deck, let's go to our next guest here on Vikings Ventline, powered by Corona Hard Seltzer. Yeah, let's go to uh, Pedro and his guitar. Pedro, what's going on, dude? Hey guys, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Jed asked someone to write a cover called Pretty Cousins, so here's a try. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. Love it. Pretty Cousins, marching down the field. Pretty Cousins, human highlights real. Pretty Cousins, don't believe you, but it's true. No one can touch a dog as good as you. Pretty Cousins. <laughs> Down the field, pretty cousins. Throw a finger field, pretty cousins. They don't believe you, but it's true. No one has thought you'd all be as good as you. <laughs> you guys, you like 
how this feels. My Zimmer may be mentally ill. <laughs> Pretty cousins, do you like that? <laughs> Pretty cousins, send me like. <laughs> that I guess the Jets in that line. Pretty cousins, the greatest you ever played. Pretty cousins. <laughs> right there so uh, thank you so much pedro we appreciate it we're going to be bringing pedro in to uh to help sing backup yeah. on songs by the ulog in 2021 yeah appreciate it pedro. Okay. thanks pedro awesome thank you <laughs> that's really good the uh the, the the reaction is very split in the comment section some you listen some people just don't appreciate great musical artistry like pedro brought to the table there so the lyrics uh, were the lyrics are undeniably fantastic, impeccable, and I don't think Pedro was reading off a lyric sheet there too. No. I think he had that all internalized, like the yeah. real professional musicians do. Yeah. All right, all right. Who else we got here on Ventline decks? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll bring in regular uh, Coach Ben. Ben, what's going on, dude? Um. I, oh wow, guys! I didn't know you guys were auditioning uh, for American Idol here on Ben. So, <laughs> awesome job there. Uh, I will say this: this is the first game in Cousins three years here that I looked at and say, you know what? He lifted the team up today. He gave them at the end of the game, a chance to win when special teams was a nightmare. I, even though the defense didn't give up points, you know, they still got gashed from time to time. And the head coach with another pathetic game from Mike Zimmer in terms of managing the game throughout, you know, at the end of the game, he still gave, he basically raised the team up, throwing the ball to Chad Bibby. That I think that's Cousins saying, you know what, just just throw it to him. Let's give him a chance. So first game where I look at and say the quarterback raised the play of everybody else uh, around him. And going forward at five and six, Zimmer's not going to like this, but this is really not a time to play run first, play good defense. Your defense is not good. Your defense isn't stopping anybody. They – had it not been for several drops from Carolina, I don't even think this game probably wouldn't even be that close. So this is the first game where I look at and I just want to ask you guys, do you really think Zimmer will change his tune about Cousins after watching him basically basically help the bike basically overcome mistakes from coaching and other other yeah. aspects of the game? Let me take a stab at this. I So – here, here's where I will put, and we don't know all the inner workings of what they work on in practice and, and, and what the communication is about some of these later game situations. What we know is that the Vikings the last three years, offensively and defensively this year, but offensively for three years, have been putrid inside four minutes, fourth quarter overtime, game on the line. The, the stats bear it out. The quarterback ratings bear it out. And, and it's a fact. And I think, and I'm guilty of this, it's really easy to say, well, that's because of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is not, Kirk Cousins' heart rate jumps. Uh, he's not mobile enough. There are things that Kirk Cousins doesn't do well in those situations that Russell Wilson does well, that Pat Mahomes does well, et cetera. But when I watch the Vikings in these situations and some of the penalties they take and just some of the cookie cutter stuff that they try to do offensively, it looks like they don't emphasize those situations enough behind the scenes. And, you know, whenever you hear about you know, New England Patriots and and preparation leading into games and training camp, the Patriots are obsessed with situational things. Third down, red zone, two minutes to go, no timeouts, 
clock management, even down to like when the Vikings, when the, when Mike Zimmer challenges a play in the second half that has no chance of winning, right? Like burning a timeout that you shouldn't burn. Those types of things. The Vikings need to be more obsessed with being great inside two minutes, inside four minutes. Um, a lot of it's on Kirk, but not all of it's on Kirk. I don't yeah. think that. I, and, I don't think that Mike is going to philosophically change how Mike is because it's because I, I think above and beyond depending or not depending on individuals, he loves to run the ball and he does see. I, I mean, keep in mind too, Mike's life is spent either thriving or covering up for defensive deficiencies, right? And because of that, in Mike's mind, right or wrong, he thinks that if you run the football, you, you are going to keep your defense off the field and his defense is not good. So I don't think he's going to change his philosophy on football, not solely because Kirk is Kirk, but I think it's going to be because he sees that he's, he definitely is at a stage in his life where he thinks the formula works. Um, and so, I, I mean, D- Dalvin Cook came back in today. And I guess my question is this, why? Like, what was the point? But in Mike's mind, it's like we ha- if he can play, he's playing. Uh, so I get your question. Unfortunately, I don't think the coach is going to change his stripes now. Yeah, and they have a great opportunity coming up because they beat Jacksonville to get the 500, and the Bucks are getting waxed right now by by Kansas City. And Dude, they've did been you, very did, did, Have you guys looked at – I haven't seen anything. I was looking at the box score. So, yeah, 17-0 uh, over the Bucks right now. Chiefs are the Bucks. 132 left yeah. in the first quarter. Tyreek Hill has over 200 yards receiving in the first quarter. Good Lord. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. Jefferson, it's your turn now. Like, Dude. oh man, that's that's ugly. Really ugly. The what's the what's the record? It's I think I want to say three hundred some. I think I think we have or a three hundred yard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone can check that. Ben, appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on Vikings Vent Line. As always, we'll hey. talk again soon. Good stuff. Let's keep rolling them in here, Declan Goff. Sure. We're 45 minutes into Vikings vent line. Vikings are going to play the Jaguars next week and probably pull the 500 after Kirk Cousins' second fourth quarter comeback victory as a Minnesota Viking. Media uh, having us eating crow here and washing it down with Corner Hard Seltzer. Who's next? Let's go to uh, Trevor. Trevor, you're on Vikings vent line. What's up, buddy? Fellas, how's it going? What's up, um, Trevor? Big fan of your show. Listen to it when the podcasts come out. So I look forward to that every day. Thanks, dude. A um, couple of comments I thought was BC Johnson stepped up today along with Chad Beebe. Uh, that's awesome to see with Thielen out. Um, the special teams, though, it, it, <laughs> it's hard to watch now with special teams. It, it used to be when we'd kick field goals all the time, we were cringing. That that seems to be on a better trajectory, knock on wood. But now it's punts and other things that are <sighs> scary, like the Chad Beebe thing. I thought we, you know, Pretty much thought we were screwed at that point, but luckily we can thank Carolina for some of their clock management miscues that hopefully that well that did lead us to kind of going down the field there and getting the W. Um, when I was looking at the box score afterwards, Kirk Cousins threw forty five times. That's I don't is that his season high this year? Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be. The Vikings came in with, I think they were bottom five in pass attempts period this season coming into the game. So, yeah, it's got to be pretty close. Yeah, and if I wasn't watching the game and I saw that, I I don't know if I'd feel good about it. But then I look at the other (laughs) point of it, it's 
three touchdowns over 300 yards man stepped up today so kudos to that it's it's just frustrating if if that could be consistent mm-hmm. boy that'd be amazing but th- that's our dream right um, yes. Yeah, and that's been the that's been the knock on Cousins. I mean, Cousins puts together stretches like this in almost every season, if not every season he plays, and then he'll put together a month stretch like September 2019, where Stefan Diggs is so apoplectic he quits the team for two days. So, <laughs> so can he keep doing it? Is is the question? Right. Uh, one thing I was wondering when I was watching the game, the the chin player for Carolina is obviously dynamite, but when he got that first touchdown and he dunked the ball over the field goal post. Shouldn't that have been a flag? Shouldn't we have had some sort of advantage there? Is not not a flag if you, you dunk it over the field goal post. I thought that was. Hmm. I don't I thought they, they waved those a couple of years ago. I think you're good on you can dunk it through the goal post. I don't think you can I don't think you can use it as a prop though. I think if you were to use it like if you were to use the ball as a prop in a touchdown celebration, I, th- I think that's a flag. You can do group celebrations and you can dunk through the goalpost and you can dive into an empty crowd now, but like, but that's pretty much it. Have fun with that. Hitting a seat. Yep. <laughs> yeah. What, one last thing I wanted to say though, was even, I mentioned the time management for Carolina, but even the Vikings time management, I feel like that's been a, a thing a couple of times in, in more of a means of um, Mike Zimmer did a good job challenging those first two, but the third one I felt was, obvious and Phil you you mentioned that once already on the call here and getting to one timeout left with down eight I believe it was you can't have that uh in your pocket too you need three timeout now granted we were able to pull it off but I would say more often than not with with this team and most teams you'd want to have that clock management to have those three timeouts when you got that two or, at least, or at least two right yeah right like right. that challenge to me made no sense Yep. That, that yeah. was so close. Uh, I, I would have said, I've won two, good enough. Yeah, I yeah. think like, like one of my big challenge pet peeves is the, we, we thought we stopped them a, a half yard short of the first down challenge. It's like, great. And then they get it on the next play anyway. And they should go for and, it too. And you lost, and now you're down a challenge or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right, Trevor, thanks for coming on, hey, dude. Trevor. Appreciate yeah, you. Guys. Kirk's high in passes before today's game. A gentleman was against Seattle. He threw 39. 39 passes. So this was a single game high, uh, at least for 2020 for Kirk Cousins. And ordinarily, just with the formula that the Vikings operate with, which is a run first formula, and Kirk traditionally has not been great when he has to throw late in games and the defense can pin its ears back. If he has to throw 45 times, that's usually a really bad sign. And today, today, I don't know if it was a great sign today either, because it meant that they were down by two scores and they had to throw, but he did great in those situations. All right, Dex. Who's next? Vikings vent line. Yeah, let's go to uh, Chanix. Chanix is back on Vikings vent line. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Chanix. Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Um, so I would say I'm very happy that Justin Jefferson can finally get a touchdown and also win a game. That's <laughs> we That never happens. So each time he gets a touchdown, we end up losing a game. So I'm happy for that. Uh, I'm happy for a second home win. So that's great. I'm also very happy that um, Kirk Cousins – you know, Kirk Cousins is doing great. You know, he's he plays baseball. He's hitting those singers, you know. And any other teams who want some, please, by all means. This is a great guy to have, man. He's the greatest, man. We even have a song about him now. Come on. How come on? Do you guys have any song for Patrick Mahomes? I don't think so. Come on, we, Kirk Cousin. We actually we actually do have a song for Teddy Bridgewater that we'll maybe play this week on Mackie and Judd from about five years ago. Songs okay. by the U Log, but we do not have one for Kirk yet. 
Right. So we going, have Janix. I, yeah. lo- I love it, Janix. Keep going. Yeah. So come on, you guys. He is like the best quarterback we have. He sings. He sings. And he also can run. He also knows how to dive head first instead of sliding. So come on. He's like the best we have. Go, Kirk, man. Hey, Amen. Janix, thanks for baby. coming on, dude. San yeah, San Francisco. Go for it, man. Go Kyle for wants it. him. Hey, Shani, what's up? I can't, believe, I can't believe you guys just using t- using this huge comeback victory to mock and ridicule. No, 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 no mocking here. This is dead serious. This is the time to say, did you see what Kirk Cousins did? Can you imagine a season full of that in San Francisco? I mean, we'd hate to give it up, but, but let me ask this. It, All right, so I just want to make a comparison here. I want to make sure I'm getting this right. So when the Kansas City Chiefs decided during the offseason three years ago – you know what, guys? This is going to be – or four years ago, I guess it was, whatever. This is going to be a tough decision. Alex Smith has been really good for us, but we just – our goal is to win a Super Bowl. And so we don't yep. think Alex Smith is the guy to lead us to a Super Bowl. Yep. So Alex Smith was a pro bowler in 2017, coming off uh, 11 wins, 11 wins, and then either 9 or 10 wins in 2017. He threw for 4,000 yards. 68% completions, 26 touchdowns, five interceptions, led the league in average yards per attempt and passer rating. Mm-hmm. And they cut bait mm-hmm. because they thought, man, like he's good and he's putting up some great statistical numbers here. Yep. But if if our goal as a franchise is to win a Super Bowl, we need something more dynamic at that position and something that can like be the reason why we win games and not be just a cog in the machine, right? Right. And 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 a game like today is tantalizing because Alex Smith is is not as dynamic as what Kirk did at times in the second half today. And so I think the best version of Kirk is better than the best version of Alex Smith before the leg injury. But it's still a similar discussion. If, if you feel like, man, the defense is going to take a step forward next year and you're going to have young cornerbacks emerging into potentially mature, experienced cornerbacks, and Daniil Hunter might come back, and if all these things happen, Michael Pierce, and you've got weapons on offense, you're going to have to make a decision. Is Kirk the guy that you think can replicate this more often going forward, or do you make the decision that the Chiefs made, which is let's get the young guy in here right now and hope that we hit a home run with him? And what's the fundamental defense between or difference between these two teams? It's this. Andy Reid's an offensive guy who knew, and he's incredibly smart, and and the most important thing, adaptable. Andy Reid knew exactly what he wanted, and he knew in Alex Smith exactly to a T what he was looking at, which was a reliable, solid QB who could get you to the playoffs and maybe win a playoff game but never win a Super Bowl, right? So the difference here, it's really not Kirk. It's Spielman and Zimmer and the coaching staff. Do they have the do they have the ability? Because it takes it takes big cojones to be like, let's cut bait here, because mm-hmm. uh, you better be right. Well, like if you're wrong, people get fired. And I realize that Kirk can get get you fired too. But I really believe that's the key thing is when these people sit down now in January, do they have the ability to say we can do better? And in the Chiefs' case, they said that, and they said, and we know how. Like, do you have the people with the Vikings that can say? Here's the plan. Yeah. And and a lot of people watching and listening to this, and certainly a lot of people that I've been interacting with on Twitter the last three days would say, you guys, open your eyes. Kirk is the guy. If you give him protection up front and the defense is is back to its form from 18, 19. And, and it's just kind of, it's a conversation that kind of goes in circles because listen, if 
if Kirk had perfect protection on every play and he could just sit back there and take his time yeah. and survey, yeah. yes, I absolutely believe that the Vikings could win a Super Bowl. But the question is, can they build a great offensive line? Can they fix holes on defense and keep some of their players who roll in from rookie contract to actual big boy contract under the cap, right? Like at some point, all of this pushing money back to 2020, 21, 22, even even as great of a capologist as Rob Brzezinski has been, at some point you have to pay the piper on some of these contracts. Of course. So, I mean, the, the quickest solution here would be the defense takes a step forward just because guys come back and Kirk is on a new level because he's figured out how to unlock something late in games. Like that's the quickest path to a Super Bowl if you think Kirk has gotten to that next level. The Kirk defenders, um, the one thing that they can't justify and can't defend and where their argument falls apart is very, very simple. His salary. It's not his play. I mean, his play, if, if he made 12 mil, 13 mil, again, I'd say I'm all in. This is fantastic. Because guess what? I'd have two good guards, two good tackles. I'd be, I'd be damn good. I could build that team. The it's not it. If you just look at how he performs on the field, it's that is losing sight of the most important part of this discussion, which is salaries. You're paying Dalvin, you're paying Kirk, you're paying guys on defense. Um, that's the problem. You have to become very, much more specific about who gets paid, which goes back to Phil, why we both said, do you really want to pay Dalvin that much? It wasn't because we didn't think he's a magnificent player. He's a great player. But he plays a position at which guys get hurt and the shelf life is short. And so the question wasn't, can Dalvin Cook justify himself? No, he does every week, basically. The question was, can he justify that payday coupled with Cousins' payday, coupled with bars? That's where this all, that's where the puzzle falls apart. Mm-hmm. And as Jason chimes in here on the uh, Score North Facebook page up on the screen, it's easier to find a good quarterback than it is to find five good offensive linemen. And I'll amend that to say, because we're well, we're not we're not just talking about because Kirk is a good quarterback. We're not just talking about a good quarterback. We're talking about a franchise changing guy who elevates above, you know, things that aren't perfect. Uh, a Deshaun Watson type, although there are so many imperfections, including coaching and roster in Houston, that even he's having a hard time elevating above and putting Houston in a playoff position. But like he's one of the top five or six quarterbacks in the league. That that guy is hard to find. But I think you have to take shots at it, even when Kirk is your starter. Um, and this pipe dream of having a perfect offensive line. I mean, every team in the NFL has a leaky component or two or four of an offensive line. And and it's the teams that can make up for that with improvisational play at quarterback that tend to rise above as you get further along in the playoffs. Um, or if it's not someone who's mo- uh, who's mobile, it's a guy like a Drew Brees or a, or a Tom Brady who's a pocket passer that knows how to move the one step or knows how to adjust the protection or call call the right hot route at the line of scrimmage, et cetera. So mm-hmm. um, it's an interesting discussion the rest of the season for sure. Dex, who do, who do we got next on Vikings Vent Line, powered by Corona Heart Seltzer? Yeah, let's go to Mark in Louisville. Mark, what's up, buddy? What's going on? How y'all doing today? Good. Yeah, how are good, you? Mark. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, first of all, I ain't going to lie. I fell asleep on the game after, you know, Jeremy Chan scored twice. I was like, yeah, and there goes the game. <laughs> <laughs> so I woke up woke up at the right time, you know, Carolina had the ball on the goal line, but I'm gonna say finally we get to see a good two minute drive from the offense. Like no screw ups, no nothing. And Chad BB actually redeemed himself. You know, he can he can still get chewed out about the punt, but you you actually, you know, balance that out with that touchdown at the end. 
Uh, I'm going to just say good win. I thought Teddy, I was watching the game with my dad, and I thought Teddy was about to do it to us until dude missed the kick. I was like, oh, there it goes. But it was a good win, so I ain't mad about it. It was a great throw by Teddy. I know Declan was ready yeah. to sit down here and say, I told you so for an hour and a I half. I really was. I was saying the I same really thing. Was. I was saying the same thing. My man. <laughs> actually, I got a question for all you guys, okay? And, and actually, Mark might have been sleeping during this. But when the on, on the Panthers field goal that put them up 24 to 13, it looked like it sailed wide right. Yeah, it was really it, confusing. And the referees looked at each other and just like <laughs> nodded their heads and went like this. And then they showed the replay, and it was at best, it sailed over the right upright. But the right. replay even showed like I don't know I don't and and like and the the commentators never came back to it. I'm pretty sure they missed that field goal. Yeah, um, it, uh, I don't think it, I don't think that was good. <laughs> I think it was a missed kick. I, I didn't see the Vikings dispute it though. That's it's hard weird. to it's I don't think you can challenge it, and it's hard to dispute it because it's like you're on From the, the sideline. So it looked good, but I'm I'm at the same end that the Vikings are as far as my vantage point. So it looked good from there, but yeah, no, I I didn't see I didn't see it disputed. By, t- by the team, so I couldn't tell. Yeah, I was weird. definitely sleep. I was definitely sleep. <laughs> Good for you for getting some rest. That, that game could have put you to sleep for a while. I, lo- I love how the analysis comes back around to Mark, and Mark's like, yeah. guys, I was snoozing. You know what? I got nothing like here. a couch nap, man. There's nothing as good. There's nothing as good as a little nap on a Sunday. That's right. Yeah. All right. See you, Mark. Go, Mark. Talk Appreciate to you. it, man. In fairness, it happened to Jonathan Vilma a couple times, too. All right, uh, Jonathan, what are your thoughts how on that last time? I don't know, man. I was sleeping. How I'm bad sure. is he? I, he brings, he brings good energy. him. He I like that energy. Okay, I like him. people on Twitter were absolutely. Yeah, they hate him. They hate him because of Bounty Gate. If he did not was not a part of Bounty Gate, the hatred would not be as hard as it is. And Bounty Gate with Vikings fans is the most sensitive topic in the world among them. And it, and it, yeah, uh, it's that, that's Gary part Anderson of it. Miss Gary Anderson miss is pretty sensitive. Blair Walsh miss in Brett terms Favre, of like Pasta in terms of like hate, hated figures. Like, like Joe, Joe Buck for the Moss Mooning comment. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Vilma for being part of the Bounty Gate team because he's and, new too. I mean. He He's did go perfect. a little over the top. Now, Kirk was great in the fourth quarter today, and Kirk has great fourth quarter numbers up until the four-minute mark. Sure. But he went all in a couple times talking about Vikings fans, you know, keep your head up here when they were still trailing. You got the best fourth quarter quarterback in the NFL. Oh, it was sure. like, all right, dude, just uh, pump it a little. Just just like Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes was warming stats, up well, for his game. Just pump yeah. the brakes a little bit. You should have been like uh, Jonathan, actually. Here, here are Kirk's stats. <laughs> late late in games they're not really as good as you think they are yeah at least not till today all right who's next dex yeah let's go to uh our ex- i think kips on the f- we're gonna go to darian darian what's going on dude we're gonna go to you quick you're out you're on mute though my man dude. Hey, there guy. you go what's, going on? what's, up? what's <laughs> up darian oh nothing much nothing much as you as you can see everything's going according to plan as i did <laughs> from a while back um i think this week has been the greatest because the cowboys have been proved to be a fluke as we thought they were. And then today, um, yeah, the whole problem with Teddy Bridgewater is he can't find a kicker to ever get him to over the, over the <laughs> <laughs> That's his whole problem. I was saying he puts, he puts you in position, but if the kicker can't, can't kick the field goal, then I mean, that is what it is. But so true. Um, I'm happy <laughs> about a couple of things as far as uh, where we are going offensively. Um, remember that thing I talked about confidence and I was talking about with Kirk Cousins. I said, if you give him a little bit of confidence, you let him build on it. You may have something starting to see a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, the only thing, like I said, I didn't like today. I didn't like how, as far as defensively, 
Um, I think Anthony Anthony um, Harris was out of position with that deep pass. He was. And that's not like him at all. <laughs> so I, I want to figure out, like, how we, you know, get into these positions where we get these big plays on us. And it's like, okay, we can't keep letting this happen, like, late in the games where we have these blunders. And it's been happening a little bit too much. Um, I do have a question, though. Um, how different do you think this defense would be if we had Michael Pierce? I think it would be significantly better against the run, and I, I don't think gashing it up up the mi- middle would be nearly as easy. So I do think that that's a huge loss. Yeah, and and if they had Hunter and Pierce, it's a different ball game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I I think the fact that Pierce was supposed to be their marquee uh, guy that they signed and was supposed to come come in, and keep, keep in mind too, in Zim's world. That nose tackle is an imperative piece. Like, that's a huge piece. It's that and basically, I think, the corners. Um, so when Pierce opted out and now, like, Shamar Stefan has to play a lot, that's a huge step down. So I do think that that if you're trying to look for potential excuses that are legitimate, I think the loss of Pierce was really big. It's pretty yeah. I mean, being a Vikings fan for as long as I've been, I mean, we generally – our defensive line is like our – that's, like, always been – for us, we're the pro people leaders, you know. That's always been us, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's been, especially this year, has been a big thing that we've been missing. Now, here's the other question: um, Who's the slot guy from now on? Is it BB or is it BC? Well, yeah, both, both, my both were good today. And if if BB if BB wants to uh, give up his punt return duties to focus more on that <laughs> slot receiver position, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I think I think for all that BB has gone through, I think he deserves a shot. Um, I'm tired of hearing about him, like especially during preseasons where he's like, "Oh my God, BB's having this great camp that we don't see him for the rest of the year." He's running great <laughs> routes. You're, though, the, man. you're you're preaching the choir here today, Derek. You bring up the Teddy Kicker <laughs> talk, the winning the, touchdown, the, the, the Chad BB experiment, <laughs> and trying to make fetch happen. You're just you're, you're yeah. singing my praises here. I love it. At least at least I see at least for one game. I I think we should at least give him a shot. Especially I feel like BC's had his chance, and where I mean he just disappeared all year. You know he's he's in the Irv Smith he's in the Irv Smith loop right about now. Witness protection so, program. I, yeah, <laughs> Irv Smith witness protection. I I, I want to say that um I, I want to see a little bit more of BB and see what he can do, especially with Adam Thielen being there, and see how much the difference that makes for us. But you know, skull from here on out. That's all I have to say. There he is, Darian. Bring in the Darian. Bring in the good things. See you, buddy. Let's keep rolling in here. Let's get Kip on. I think Kip will probably be our last Most guest likely. here on Vikings Vent Line. What's up, Kip? Hey guys, sorry I had a. I'm at work right now, and everyone's wanting stuff. I work at a hospital, so I was trying well, to hang you. on and, and and ignore the phone call. And um, I, I just want to say I'm depressed because Matt Patricia is no longer the coaches <laughs> coach of the Detroit Lions, and we and somehow the Lions are going to upset the Vikings, and the Vikings are going to get bounced thanks to Matt Patricia. And the other thing too is. You know, if we're going to stop calling fetch, you know, as we call Chad Beebe, can we stop calling fetch with AP trying to run? He looked like Judd trying to reclaim his glory days in his drinking days. It wasn't pretty. Um, I just um, – and also, Phil, I will come to your defense. You guys are what we call brutally honest with Kirk Cousins. 
you know, I, I jumped in on Twitter to try to defend you because I got tired of everyone heckling you. You made a good play today, but it's the first time in three years. We got to see more. So I and and I, I'm waiting for the you know I just you know they were going to break our heart again, and then like like everyone said, Teddy got his heart broken by a kicker times two. So you know it's just. You know we're gonna we're gonna somehow screw this up and and then we're gonna run it back again and I think Zimmer's seat's gonna get hot next year, so that's right. just. I can see it, Kip. Good stuff, man. Thanks, thanks for thanks for all your work. Anyone working at a hospital? Right yeah, we now, appreciate it. I don't care what you do. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, right. And you know what? And thanks for jumping to my defense on Twitter, Kip. I mean, it is just um, Here's, it's really it's really unfortunate that people take poor old innocent me behind the woodshed on these Kirk Cousins takes. Okay, I have a family. Okay? The media in this market are not supposed to, to be are not supposed to be tough on players. Okay, Mackie, you don't understand that. Be more yeah. like me. Be I had more to understanding and and when things go wrong apologize okay just apologize kirk isn't so bad because i mean he's a great guy here's the thing thanksgiving I, gives away turkeys i feel like and again I, I i should just get in the habit off the top event line every single week and every episode of purple daily uh and we will bring we do have a couple more we're going to bring in a couple more guests here too i jumped the gun we have two more for sure so um i think we should start every single show and it's my mistake for not starting this show with the hypothesis of the show, the, the the main statement of this show on Purple Daily is win a damn Super Bowl. That's what we are pushing to happen. Everything we talk about, like people think, you're, why are you being so negative? Like, get rid of the word negative. Everything we say and do is meant to align with we would like to see the Vikings before we die win a Super Bowl. Okay? And so – when it's us criticizing Kirk or talking about Zimmer or Spielman, we didn't just wake up and decide, you know what? I think we're going to troll Vikings fans today <laughs> and we're going to put on some Packer jerseys and just be asses. And we're just going to troll because it's fun. No, we would like to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl. And a big part of that equation is the quarterback. And what the quarterback did today is what you need your quarterback to do against the best teams in the NFL in the biggest spots in December, January, and early February. And so if if we're getting to the point where we think Kirk can do that exact thing in a playoff game against, I don't know, Pat Mahomes at some point in the Super Bowl, like that's the measurement. The Kansas City Chiefs are the measurement, okay? Not the Carolina Panthers, not the Denver Broncos last year. Those are great wins that needed to happen for the Vikings to keep going forward. But I think we get so stuck in mediocreville here sometimes We don't know what it looks like. What does a Super Bowl blueprint and DNA look like? We know, we know what nine and seven and 10 and six and division looks like here. What does a Super Bowl look like? And that's, that's where a lot of this comes from. And listen, like I'm happy to get punked today by cousins. And if you want to jump on at Phil Mackey and you want to slap me upside the head on Twitter, then I'll, I'll take that today. But ultimately we're gunning for a Super Bowl here. And if I don't think the quarterback who gets paid Next year, 15% of the salary cap checks enough boxes. I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it. Judd's going to call it. Declan's going to drink corner hard seltzers and crush them against his head like stone cold. The (laughs) the problem, the problem though, is, is the, the fundamental issue with this team actually offensively starts with the coach because 
He's trying to be a run first coach in a pass first league. So you've got to actually have get him to change his philosophy and then put cousins in the pressure cooker consistently to get what you're talking about, which is why there's like a whole layer of things here. But I, I want to be very clear today. Nobody on this show has called us a bad win because we're past the point of, oh, bad win. You're not yeah, tanking. You might as well that, go. That's gone. Just go. So um, when they beat uh, the Packers initially, I believe, for their second win, I think we all said, really, is this a good win? To be clear, up until now, and I'm not calling it a bad win, but I'm saying the subject has not even been broached. Uh, you might as well just win games. So beat Jacksonville. Uh, my concern, though, is I can't really tell what Vikings team is going to show up a week from today. Is it going to be the Cowboys team that lost Dallas, or is it going to be the team that came back late today? And that's that's where I don't know what type of stock to put in this win, because I thought a corner was turned post-Chicago. Guess who was wrong about that? Yeah, me, Judd Zolgat. So and the question now becomes, okay, in one week, and I get it, Jacksonville stinks, but does this team show up that can come back late and rally and win, or does that Cowboys debacle team show up? Uh, and I honestly now have given up trying to guess because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't tell. Uh, no regrets. Five says neither of these guys care what the truth is. They only care what will make a better talking subject for them. I think. I think we. I well. The hey, truth. we 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 love we love talking. Uh, we love subjects, but yes, I think this comment is the exact opposite of what this show represents. You can find a lot of shows in this town, a lot of TV stations. There's a radio station that bleeds purple, and they're going to feed you what the positive, essentially PR-friendly line is going to be about the Vikings. They're going to pump you full of positive BS when the Vikings are one in five. That's not us. And so, like, if you if if you want to misconstrue our negativity for just, like, we're just a bunch of sour negative guys, I mean – I guess we can't stop you, but if you want truth and you want if if you want to be told what's actually happening with this team according to how we see it, okay? Like we're not always right. This is the show for you. This is the show. We're not it's not always going to be rosy on this show. Stop so. with stop with the, the fake news, okay? Just stop with the fake. I'm so tired of all the fake news. But if you do want a positivity every Thursday on Purple Daily, we do Purple Positivity Thursday. But we will pump you up with positivity. Pump right, you up stuff. while Declan's drinking Corona Heart Sauce. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Who else Next. we got here, Dex? Well, we got a couple more. Let's go to uh, Jabril. Jabril is, uh, I believe, a first-time listener for us in Bentland. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's up? Uh, I actually I called, um, I think it was against the, after the Packers W that we got. And I had a, a, a couple of opinions about that game on how it was a waste or whatnot. Um, now, for anybody, because I definitely didn't check them, I didn't turn into the show uh, right away, but for any Kirk fans or anything like that, I want to say uh, I don't care if we win the Super Bowl, we still must move on and get a new quarterback. <laughs> Even though that's not possible to happen, if, if we win the Super Bowl by 30 points, Kirk still has to go. So I hope I hope one Panthers W doesn't make you feel like okay he finally got it done in the fourth quarter. When you look over his career, just look at him in the Vikings. Three years, we went to the playoffs one time. Am I correct? I believe I believe that's right. This is year three, yeah. Year three, but yeah. Okay, the first year he gets here is probably the, the the best team that we've had in the in the last three years. Defense wasn't as bad. Not too many young guys. Still, pretty much have remnants of 2017 when he got here. Missed, it. Missed the playoffs on a win-and-get-in scenario. 
that's that's when I need you to show up. I don't need you to show up when we're four and six, about to yeah. be four and seven, and then you want to win a, a game because the Panthers gave us the game. You know, a couple couple passing situations that they took that they didn't have to go to or whatever it it caused for them to bobble the game at the end of the uh, the game. Don't show up then. You know, Monday night, that was cute. You got your first Monday night win this this year. This is a grown man that plays quarterback in the league and as a veteran. We're not talking about a rookie. We're not talking about a guy that might have been a, a positional change. You know, we might have moved him from receiver to quarterback. No, he's paid to be a quarterback. He's been playing quarterback for multiple years. And when we had to celebrate the first time you get a Monday night victory or the first time you win in the fourth quarter, and you're making 30-something million dollars, that's a problem. And I, I catch myself because I've defended uh, Kirk plenty of times to people that hate the Vikings. It's like, well, you know, Kirk is pretty good. You know, he, he's doing his thing. We get super excited for the little things with Kirk. And mm-hmm. then I turn, I flip through my channels, Mahomes up right now, 17-0, uh, with almost 230 yards at halftime. So it's it's different levels when it comes to quarterbacks. And regardless if we win the Super Bowl, we must move on. I don't care what happens at the rest of the season. You know what? It's a little. Yeah, I I love the NBA, and I wish the Timberwolves were just more relevant on a regular basis. But it's like in the NBA, you know, there's there's all star players and there's there's max contract players, right? Well, Andrew Wiggins is a max contract player, but he's not a LeBron James max contract player. Like in the NFL, there's franchise quarterbacks, and Kirk Cousins, yeah, technically he's a mm-hmm. franchise quarterback, and uh, and you know Matt Stafford is a franchise quarterback, but they're not. Pat Mahomes franchise quarterback. And so sometimes I think we get stuck in like, yeah, oh, this quarterback threw for 300 yards and like, you know, 4,000 yards on the season. Right. But four teams left in the playoffs and Pat Mahomes is over here and I get like Tom Brady from two years ago and Russell Wilson. How good do you feel about whoever your franchise quarterback is when it's those three guys in the final four against you? That's the measuring stick. I agree. It's true. Yeah. Drop my mic. Jabril, thanks for coming on, dude. Appreciate, Appreciate it, man. It. See you, Jabril. I remember Jabril after the Packers game. He he was great. You should keep We got to move, sure. move on. I like it. I, it's it's very true. It's very well, true. Well, I think it's a little excessive if they, well, they win, win the Super Bowl. Bowl I, think, I think they'll bring him back. I think Although, it would have been hilarious if the Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl seven or eight years ago with yeah. Joe Flacco, who was a – I think he was a free agent after the season, and they would have said, oh, great celebration Later. there, Joe. Um so we're going to let you explore the market. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got a guy that we, yeah, like a little bit more. But, but that would have been the right decision with Joe Flacco. Uh, all right, let's get Josh in here. One last call. Um, Josh, what's going on? Hey, guys. What's up? So I, I've been on here quite a bit, and I watch you guys, and I know that you're positive when you need to be positive. But, I mean, Kirk Cousins has played very well over the last five weeks, and I don't think that it's on him. I think that it's on this team, and I know that we've had a lack of off-season activities, and I think it really plays into that. Um, I get the idea of of drafting a quarterback, and I think, you know, if we draft like Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati in the third round, you know, we can develop him and and, and be great, but we need to be on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon. We can't every week, every time we lose – Blame it on him. It's not on him. I mean, I, I, I think it has taken him a little bit of time. Um, and, you know, Declan has been on the Vikings bandwagon. And I know you guys, I've been around for a little while. 
And I, I get the disappointment. I get last week against the Cowboys, who we should have won against. Uh, it was a huge letdown, but that, that wasn't on Kirk Cousins. That was, that was on our defense, and we've been up and down on the defense, and, and, and that's been super frustrating. So, um, yeah, I would say real quick, just because I'm glad you're bringing this up, I think because I, I hear the word blame a lot and when it comes to the Kirk Cousins discussion. And I just want to clarify one thing. Like the Dallas game is a perfect example. That loss was not Kirk Cousins' fault, period, full stop. Like he he brought the Vikings back twice in the fourth quarter and um, and and they did enough offensively to have the lead a couple of times. And then the, and the, in that instance, the defense did not do a good job. So so they're, the, they're, the one conversation is when the Vikings lose, Who's to blame? Is it Kirk? And and oftentimes this season it's not. But then the other side of the to the conversation, and that's when we get into like the Super Bowl blueprint, the the Chiefs conversation, etc. Is there a, a quarterback? There's like five of those. Okay, but but here, but those guys win Super Bowls. I mean, you yeah, look at, but, you look but, at the last five, twenty years, thirty two teams. But you look at, but you look at the last twenty years of Super Bowl winners, and fifteen of those are are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And, and just, that's that's where I'm coming from. Like like Pat Mahomes gets down by by three touchdowns in a playoff game. If they would have lost that game, it's not Pat Mahomes' fault. But if you want to win a Super Bowl, sometimes you need your quarterback to bail out the things that are going wrong around you. So is that today, on today, Kirk Cousins, or is it on Spielman? But Josh, oh. that, but oh. Josh, the, the problem is the team is fundamentally built completely wrong. Then because like what what's on Kirk is Kirk's salary, which is the team's fault. This Fair team enough. is a deep. This is a defense run first team. What are you doing? Your salary cap. You, you've completely de- destroyed your salary structure compared to what it's supposed to be. So that's the problem. Is that Kirk? Kirk is a piece of a puzzle that doesn't fit because your GM and coach are basically saying our goal is to build with defense first, which is their goal, no question, and a run game, which is flawed, but that's the truth. Second. And yet we're going to eat up a huge portion of our cap with our quarterback. It makes no sense. Like this team, this team in retrospect should probably always go, um, should always try and draft and develop a QB. And then unless it's, it's a guy who's going to Canton, get rid of that guy. Because the second that this team with its philosophy pays a quarterback, it's making a mistake. Um, because you should be paying with their blueprint, your defense. So we idly. can agree that it's on Spielman. It's not, it's not on Kirk Cousins. He, he he's trying his best. Oh, he's trying hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. His, his problem is his mental aptitude, or ordinarily until today, late in games, is so poor that it's frustrating to watch. Um, because Kirk is great when the pressure's off. Today, Kirk was good, and I give Kirk credit. But I'm just saying, if you're a Vikings fan, the frustrating thing to me is watching a team that is constructed in a way from a cap standpoint, that literally makes no sense. And That's to, what's tough. And to your point, Josh, if I think all of us can agree here, Kirk is who he is, and there might be there might be a few unknown layers to his game. Maybe he can get to another level. Like he beat the Saints with that dagger throw to Thielen in the playoffs last year. But if we can all agree that Kirk is who he is, then paying him 15% of the salary cap, that's more on Spielman than on Kirk. So I think, I think we agree yeah. in that. And Reese, and, and look, the first shot with Kirk, I liked. Because guess what? You went for it. I'm never going to say, you shouldn't have gone for it. Where I have a major problem with what the Vikings did was the March extension. Swallow hard, except the fact that your cap for 2020 is going to be 
basically gone um, and move on after that. So my problem was contract two. Yeah. I actually applauded yeah. contract one because what the hell, right? Because your your goal was Kirk signs a three-year guaranteed contract and you win a Super Bowl in year one. That was the goal. I mean, that team had the window to win. Um, so it's the second contract, I think, that basically frustrates fans and should because that's the one where you said, okay, to free up X amount of cap space, you did that. That was a mistake. Joe chimes in on YouTube and says, Cousins make so much money, we can't afford a kick returner. <laughs> a punt returner, that's true. That's not a bad it's point, Joe. BB made up for his mistake, though. He did. He did. He did. That, that, that's huge. That was a nice catch. He nice did, play. for sure. Josh, thanks for thanks, coming Josh. on, man. Appreciate thanks, it. Guys. Good stuff. Yep. And um, and that really is it. I mean, I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't fault them for taking a shot three years ago with the best free agent quarterback. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, they thought – they thought it was going to work out differently. They thought they were going to just jump right back into Super Bowl contention in 2018, and that's not how the NFL works. And what's unfortunate for the extension is the the, the extension brought Kirk's cap number in 2020 down from like 33 million to like 20 million, right? And and then freed up the Vikings to be able to go out and spend a little bit of money in free agency, most of that money on Michael Pierce to help shore up their defensive line. And he opted out and I'm not mad at him. There's a pandemic raging throughout the United States and he opted out. And so like, if you could go back and, and, and how would they have known? I mean, they had to make these decisions, you know, like the week before COVID started, right. They had to make some of these decisions. Sure. Um, or actually I think the NFL pushed free agency back or, or what? No, no, no. They, or did no. they keep it? It was like right around when COVID was coming. But yeah, Pierce, is, Pierce did, did what he had to do for, for himself. Smart yeah. move for him. And if, and if no they could go that. back now, knowing that Michael Pierce opted out, would they have just ran it back? Kirk, let's just play this out. This is a weird year. It's a pandemic year. Uh, let's get you to free agency, and then we can figure out what to do beyond 2020. Yes, I think they would do that. Mm-hmm. And so now now they're sort of stuck with a bunch of guaranteed money beyond 2020, and we'll we'll see how that works. But anyhow... It's a big win today, though. Come on, it's a big win. Kirk Cousins, comeback win. They beat the Panthers. They gave up 14 points on offense and still won. They muffed a punt. Look at the laundry list of mistakes (laughs) that this team made, and they won Mm -hmm. 2020. It's an unbelievable year all over the place, but in this league especially. Like, look at the ridiculous games. Dude, okay. So are you guys keeping an eye on the Saints-Broncos? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh up. Uh, Kendall Hinton just oh completed God. his first pass of the game early third quarter, a 13-yard pass. So Kendall Hinton is the random dude who played quarterback at Wake Forest like five years ago. Randy a, loves it. so bad at quarterback in college, they made him a wide receiver. And he's mm-hmm. basically just like an athlete on a practice squad here in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So he, And he's in emergency quarterback mode. So I ain't blaming him. Like he, mm-hmm. they, they looked around the room and were like, uh, is anyone – is there a doctor on the plane? And he's like, eh – and did, um, you, did you see too that I think Schefter had it that they tried the the Broncos tried to get their quality control coach to be quarterback and they denied it. Dude, that's hilarious. They said he had the best understanding of the offense. They're in trouble too. They're going to be in yeah. big trouble. You yeah. you had had your your whole QB room no masks on. Like the league is sending out memos like once a day being like everybody has to wear a mask and they're all like oh we're good with the mask no thanks they're gonna lose draft picks here i guarantee they're in trouble so the saints are up 17 to nothing in the third quarter on the broncos kendall hinton is one for nine with two interceptions now and uh and denver's also ran the ball 18 times for two and a half yards of carry so this is legitimately going to be like the worst offensive performance in nfl history 
It makes yeah. Spurgeon win look good. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think I I don't think we're we're going to get that eighth team now in the playoffs in each conference because if they're going to make teams play through this, I don't think they're going to cancel games. Like I think they're go, going to say if we have to have you play a Tuesday at four a.m., you're playing okay. then. I, I think I think we we're going to stay put at seven playoff teams in each conference. This Baltimore Pittsburgh game is not out of the woods yet on Tuesday because I think Baltimore had another positive case or two today. They had more, two yeah. more today. Okay, yeah, they're like twenty two. Is that right? Twenty two yeah. players. Yeah. So you you might be right on that, but the, the Gophers have had forty players and staff members test yeah. positive in the last two weeks. Yeah, they're not playing Northwestern no. this week. No, they're not. That no. Northwestern game is going to be canceled. No, correct. Well, our cousin's takes are going to be canceled after he came back and daggered the Panthers and Teddy Threat. You defended him the whole time. I recall vividly, I recall your defense of cousins each and every week has been outstanding. I'm going to go find the tape, okay? People think I'm hard on cousins. Listen, I am on the. I see there's a couple people. Zachariah here wants me to wear a cousins jersey tomorrow. Are you, are you no. sure that your tweet today did not indeed, as I suggested earlier on the show, motivate him are you sure he didn't see that tweet okay, do you think he's- i'm gonna shove it up phil Mackey's behind i sent that tweet at 9 58 this morning yeah do you think he saw it i think julie saw it she called mm-hmm. him she said kirky kirky sweetheart look Kirkers. at what phil Mackey. yeah kirkers look at what Kirkers. phil Mackey's saying but he said phil who oh Mackey, that negative guy who just makes stuff up on score north the fake news <laughs> nice and, and she said yes that's him and then he said i'll show that Mackey guy is he that Rumpelstiltskin-looking troll on that Vikings YouTube channel <laughs> with that old on Santa AM Claus radio? Look, with that old Santa Claus-looking dude? That's who that is. That, is he the Seltzer guy? No, he's not the Seltzer. No, guy. they guy. all love you because you're a Teddy fan. The other guy. You were right. sitting there rooting for Teddy. You know what? You screwed the Panthers because the second that oh. you announced the Panthers were your team today, the Vikings were destined to win this game. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Judd is going to have some written work on scorenorth.com from the stadium. And don't forget to check us out seven days a week on the Purple Daily podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and also the YouTube channel that you're likely consuming this on right now live, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast, uh, Purple Daily Podcast. Click the subscribe button. And don't forget about our, our other show and YouTube channel, Mackie and Judd. If you want additional Vikings discussion and Wolves discussion, Twins, Wild, etc., and uh, action movie rewinds and crazy things like that. And uh, the other YouTube channel, in addition to the podcast feed, is YouTube.com slash ScoreNorthMN. So that's a lot of info right there. Uh, appreciate you guys hanging out with us and appreciate all the listeners and Vikings fans that have jumped in to make this the most interactive show in Minnesota sports for Judd, for Declan, for Phil. See you guys tomorrow.